to C3 Church Hepburn Heights. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. Good morning, church. Can you remember, I want you to to take your mind back. For some of us, it'll be a bit further back. For some of us, it's not too far back. But take take your mind back to when you were growing up and you were doing a menial task, something that you didn't really you weren't enjoying. Maybe it was homework. Maybe it was a chore that your parents had given you. And you are getting frustrated because you are so desperate to finish this thing. And you just want to go out and hang out with your mates, play sport, watch TV. And to encourage you, to help you to finish your task, your parents or an older sibling would come by and they would say something like, well, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, or better late than never, or slow and steady wins the race, or there's no quick fix. Now, when someone says that to you, said that to you as you're trying to, you know, you might be exasperated, you might be so, uh, starting to get a bit angry, and someone gives you one of those pithy little statements, can I ask you, did it help? Did it, did it encourage you? Did you kind of all of a sudden simmer down and go, you know what? Rome wasn't built in a day. I'm going to change my mind about how I approach this task right now. For me, it just made things worse. I'm like, why would you? I don't care about Rome. I don't care about what, you know, a quick fix, a slow and steady, the turtle. I want to be the, rat, the hare. I don't care. I just want to get this thing finished. Mum and dad, don't you know that my time is valuable? that I have a very important life that I'm trying to live, kicking goals at the, at, the, at the oval with my mates, taking hangers over them. That's more important than this stupid chore. Little did I know, 30 years later, <laughs> I would be saying the exact same things. What's going on? What's happened to me? I would be saying the exact same things and truly believing them in conversations with my kids, in conversations with lovely congregation members in our church community. And to be honest, as I've read the Bible more and more, I've realised that so many of these statements are really found in the Word of God. They've just been reworded. And as you and I get older, we learn a little bit more about time about seasons, about what's important. We develop a little bit more respect for time as we reflect on moments where if we'd just taken more time with that decision, on that task, with that relationship, maybe things might be different. Maybe things might be better. Now, here's the caveat. I've come up, I've thought really hard, I've come up with a really exhaustive list where slow and steady wins the race doesn't apply. These are just three, it's exhaustive, it's three, list of three. You've recently done the food shopping and within the food shopping there's a two litre of Master's Choc Milk. And you really love Master's Choc Milk, but you have three kids who also love Master's Choc Milk, and you know if they see it and they get their hands on that Master's Choc Milk, it's gone in one sitting. No slow and steady. Here's another another point on this list where slow and steady doesn't win the race. 
you're being chased by a pack of wild dogs in Kalgoorlie and you're running for your life. That may or may not have happened to me. No slow and steady. And lastly, exhaustive list, just remember, you're in Bunnings and you've worked all day on, on, a, on, on a task, on a project, in the garden, but you're just missing that one thing. <laughs> and you go to Bunnings, and after a half an hour of trying to find the right aisle, you finally get to the right aisle, and as you head down, you see that there's one of those items left. And at the very same time that you turn around that aisle, someone is coming down the other aisle, and they are eyeballing that thing, and they want that thing as well. Not slow and steady. They are the only three occasions that I can think of where slow and steady, you've got to go for it. So just remember, chocolate milk, pack of wild dogs and bunnings, and we'll all be sorted. But everything about life that is meaningful, everything that we want built into us and we want to build takes time, requires perseverance, requires patience. Man, that's an annoying word. And requires so often the help of others. And this is God's desire for you and I. This is His unique plan for for you and I as His body, as the church on this planet. He, He made us to be built up and to build others up. And so this is week two of the Built Up series. It's a five-week series to encourage and challenge and propel us into a season of being built up together as disciples of Jesus Christ. And the focus of this series from the Scriptures is 1 Corinthians chapters 12 to 14. Last week I introduced this series and I introduced this the church in Corinth that Paul was addressing his letters to. And Paul was responding in his letters to some critical issues that had arisen and then multiplied throughout the church community that was causing division, disunity, disorder, and most importantly, a lack of love. And so the church is in a fragile place here and And this is after a season of health and growth to begin with. And Paul here is reminding this beloved church community. He's the father of this church. He birthed this church. He's reminding this church community that their call, their character, the the very culture that is to define them is that they they would build up and that they would be built up. encourage you to check out the YouTube channel or podcast if you missed last week to help you with the series as we roll on. And I I talked last week about three essential elements to the successful completion of something being built. Number one, building takes time. We've talked about that already this morning. Number two, there are key building blocks that are necessary for a building to be completed. And lastly, for something to be built up, there requires an element of tearing down, of obstacles being removed. And the Corinthian church had let go of the key building blocks that Paul had founded them on. They were focusing on other things to build them up. And Paul brings them back to what will truly build them up as a church community, namely unity, love, and spirit-led giftings 
for the benefit of the body. And that is Paul's focus for 1 Corinthians chapters 12 to 14. And that'll be our focus over the next month. And so Pastor M next week will be focusing on love. And the following couple of weeks after that, Pastor Jace will be focusing on spirit-led, spirit-enabled, spirit-empowered gifting uh, and living in an ordered way for the benefit of the body. So key building block today is unity. I was going to say, turn to the person next to you and say, but I won't now after what. But you can if you want. And so if we come back to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Verse 10, right at the beginning of this letter, we can understand straight away what what the aim of this letter is from Paul. This is considered, this verse is considered the thesis statement, the the proposition statement. Everything else in this letter was going to come from this foundation scripture. Verse 10, now I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree in what you say that there be no divisions among you and that you be united with the same understanding and the same conviction. The church in Corinth, they were in disagreement. They were in disagreement not only on essential matters, but they made non-essential matters the essential matters. They were divided. They were divided, whether it be a socioeconomic divide, an ethnic divide, an education divide, a lifestyle divide. And these formed the basis for various boastings, prideful boastings of one's own exploits, and then as a result, a disparaging of others. I'm more worthy, I'm more more worthy of prestige and honour and the blessing of God because of this, this and this, and therefore, as a result, you are not worthy, honourable. You're not worthy of the prestige because of this, this and this. And so there's all these opinions flying around in the church community about stuff that wasn't supposed to be the focus. And these matters had then become this key space of disunity. And Paul here in this scripture, he's saying, it's okay to actually have different opinions on matters that aren't central as long as they remain in their rightful place. What he urges the church to be unified on, one thing, the centrality of Christ. Verse 2 of chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, he says, he writes, I decided to know nothing. I decided to know nothing. He's an educated man. He knows his stuff. Roman citizen, Pharisee. He he knows his, his stuff. I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He he reiterates this as he unpacks the gospel in chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians. Because Christ is above human wisdom and, and human knowledge, as He gives ultimate value and worth, as He forgives and frees and transforms by the power of the Holy Spirit, the only boasting, the only boasting that you and I can give, the only boasting that can take place is in Him and Him alone. And for us today, we all have lots of different opinions on many areas of life. 
on how we spend our time and spend our money, on how we do relationships. We have different opinions on parenting strategies, on different ways of expressing our love for God based on our personalities. We have different preferences for the worship service on a Sunday. We have different opinions on how we engage with social media. We have both cat people and dog people in this church, eagles and dockers people in this church. We have coffee and tea people in this church community. And look, if you want to try and win someone over to the other side in these matters, go for it. Go for it. Cats are better. But none of these things... I've got a story about a dog yet. I won't go into that because that'll start getting my heart just palpitating. None of these things should dictate our worth, our purpose, and how we treat others. None of these should be the hill that we die on. They are all secondary. A distant second to what we say about Jesus Christ. To what we say about Jesus is something that we are to agree on. That we are to be united in. That we're to be known for. That the world would know us because of what we say about Christ and how we treat each other. That His love would characterise how we live our lives. He is the, the great unifier. Jesus is the great unifier of humanity. He's the one who fully identifies with every single human being. He, he carried the, the frailty and the fullness of humanity into the very presence of heaven, the presence of God the Father. He brought you and I, humanity, into the eternal dance of love of the Trinity. Humanity is present in the Trinity because of Christ. (laughs) Goodness me! Therefore, He is the foundation of our lives. He's the reason, He's the reason, purpose circles won't just come up if I point to the screen, but (laughs) poo, no. I'm moving on. No, it's okay. It's okay. And so, yeah! He's at the very centre. And so for the church in Corinth to be built up in unity on the foundation of Jesus Christ, Paul highlights two things in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 for us to be encouraged by today. Paul here is writing in chapter 12 about spiritual gifts and how each person with a unique gift fits intricately, beautifully in the body of Christ. And this had become a matter of division for the church in Corinth because people were seeing their gifts, the reception and activation of their gifts as another reason to boast, another reason to pull themselves up and to pull others down. And so first... Paul highlights that each gift we receive and where we fit is from God. It's from God. Who you are, what you have, where you're from, it's from God. And I was supposed to bring my Bible up and go really quickly through the Scriptures, but I will just... It's not there, sorry. 
Verse 7, verse 11, verse 13, 18, 24, and 28. I don't think they're going to come up. But six examples, six or seven examples, where Paul highlights that what we have, where we fit in the church body, it actually is from God. It's not a human thing. It's humans aren't positioning themselves. It's actually Holy Spirit who's giving the gifts. And then it's God who is actually positioning us where we need to be. And He gets it right. He gets it right. You being here in this church community, He's got it right. What He's given you, the gifts He's given you, the talents, the personality you are, He's got it right. He's got it right. We are who we are because of God. What we have, the blessings, the learnings, the opportunity, they're all from Him. So God's in control. We don't have to be. We can let go and we can trust Him because we actually don't have as much control as we think. It's a little bit of an illusion. And I think we tend to give ourselves more credit sometimes than we deserve for our lives. We give less praise and gratitude and thankfulness to God than what He deserves for what He's done. We can be more than happy at times to receive the applause for our successes. And then in the same moment, we can be quick to blame God when things don't go how they should. But you and I wake up every single day and we're breathing We're breathing oxygen. You and I don't make that happen. It's not our choice to wake up and go, I'm going to choose to breathe today. You just do it. We don't do a thing to breathe in oxygen to keep us alive. It's been provided for us and our bodies have been intricately created to automatically take it in. So many of the things that you and I make, make us who we are today, have been about being in the right place at the right time. It's about providence. It's about the grace and the mercy and the kindness of God. And we can't take credit for it. It would be like me taking credit for being able to go to my first grand final, AFL grand final in 2013. And so I had headed over there for prelim final weekend with a, with a mate, Kieran Richardson. I'm not sure if he's here. And we went over there and went to prelim final. It was rocking that game. It was uh, Geelong versus Hawthorne. The, 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 the MCG was literally rocking. It was amazing. And so we didn't have tickets to the grand final, but we really wanted to go there because the Dockers were in the grand final. I'm not a Dockers fan, but hey, Dockers, Dockers got to go to a grand final. And so trying to get tickets. And there was, I had a mate over there who's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'll be able to get you some tickets. And I'm like, okay, we'll lean into that. Didn't happen. So I'm trying to find all these different ways. And Kieran went home, came back here uh, to watch the grand final with Mandy's wife. And uh, I'm, tr- I'm still trying to get tickets. And so it's the day before the grand final. And I'm at Fed Square and there's all these last minute competitions that you can enter to try to win a grand final ticket. And I'm just des- I'm doing, I'm just doing whatever. I'm wearing Dockers scarves, would you believe it? I'm just doing whatever to try and get this ticket. And I remember walking out of the last competition that I lost and I'm walking and I'm just dejected. And then I look up and from me to Karen away is someone from Perth who I know, who Karen went to school with. He had a spare grand final ticket because his wife couldn't come over and he was looking for someone to sell it to. 
I was able to go to the grand final with this guy, my first grand final. He bought me lunch, bought me a beer. It was amazing. It was a great experience. I was in the right place at the right time. Imagine if, oh man, I, I earned, I deserved that grand final ticket. I worked so hard and it was all about, I was in the right place at the right time. I can't take credit for that. And so much of our lives, we just can't take credit for. There's no such thing as a self-made man or a self-made woman. And for guys, me being a guy, so I can probably speak from experience, because I'm not a woman, I'm a man. From my experience, for feathers, fellas, feathers, fellas with feathers, Okay, we're getting into some dangerous territory right now, so I'm going to move on. <laughs> that we don't have as much control as we think. That so much of our lives isn't about us and what we do. That's hard to grapple with. It's hard to take on. And I know, and I know there'll be people out there even now just going, you're wrong, Ben. I've worked hard with my life. You don't know what I've done, Ben. But when we give ourselves the credit that is due God, pride can build up. Judgment can build up. Boasting in things other than Jesus can build up. Individualism can build up. And therefore the need for God the desire for unity and for others dissipates. And we all know what it feels like, right? We've all had those kind of seasons. We might be in a season right now, but the beautiful thing, the most liberating thing is that when you and I in that, in that place, when we can come to our senses and when we can realise that God, you're actually in control. God, you've been weaving and orchestrating my life all along. God, you deserve all the credit for, for who I am when we can humble ourselves. And we can call out to God when we can repent and forgiveness will come. Healing will come. Freedom will come. Mercy will come. Love will come. Christ will be built up in you and I. We'll allow others to come alongside us and encourage us and therefore unity will be built up. And I've had maybe a hundred of these major kind of moments over the last 24 years of my walk with Christ. Moments as a disciple of Jesus where I'm, I, it's a come, come to my senses kind of moment. Oh, I'm not in control. Oh God, you're in control. Oh God, I can actually trust you. And I know that there's so many more to come. And there'll be an opportunity a little bit later on for us to have a moment as we worship this morning. So unity is built up as we recognise that all we are and all we have is from God. Paul also highlights that the Spirit in filling and activating each gift within each part of the body is not only from God, but it's for others. See what Paul's doing here? He's kind of taking us out of the picture. <laughs> from God, for others. We're a conduit. Give God honour for the benefit of others. From God for others. 
And verses, 20, verses 7 and 25 are examples of that. I really wish I had my Bible right here so I could read them out quickly, but that's my fault. So what God has built up in us, what we, what we have been blessed and gifted with is not actually for our benefit. It's actually for others. It's for the common good. It's so that there would be no division. It was, it's so that unity would be built up in the church. You and I need each other more than we know. I need you. You need me. We're being built up by the Holy Spirit as the body of Christ. And we individually play an essential part in participating in the work that the Holy Spirit is doing in each other, in those around us. And Paul is asking the church in Corinth, Please, can you stop seeing your gifts and the part that you are in the body as a way to promote yourself? Stop bigging up yourself. Stop boasting in yourself. The focus is not on ourselves. The focus is on others. The focus is on this gift and this ability and this experience and this knowledge and this power. The focus is on these things being used for someone else's benefit. The very reason God blesses us, the very reason God, God gifts us is for the benefit of others. And, and it's really hard in, in our Western culture to grasp this, that we belong to each other. We're so individualistic and we'll do the church thing and then we'll go and get on with our own lives. But if you go to other cultures, this, this community culture, this village culture, you're, you're in each other's worlds all the time. You're, you're laying down your life on a regular basis for each other. And I want to see that again arise in this church. What a privilege. What a privilege it is to participate in someone else's journey. And so how can you and I position ourselves so that the benefit of our gift, who God has made us to be, can be for others? Can we start in our homes, taking opportunities to encourage and pray for and practically help members of our family? Can it happen in this church community? Can we step on to a, a once a month volunteer roster, maybe if we're, we're not volunteering to, to help this church continue to run. Maybe it's in the Life Kids area or in the cafe or on the cleaning team. Can we commit to being at prayer, worship, uh, uh, Wednesday night gather, prayer and building up the next generation as we model this passionate prayer and uh, surrendered prayer life? Can it happen in our wider community? as you and I actively participate in beyond, in the, the local, regional and international global mission efforts of this church, as we commit to, to give, to go, to pray. We're going to hear some great opportunities next week with our Beyond Update. Ben, why don't you come? So we're going to open the altar in a moment. A few weeks ago, I went on a road trip, just a day road trip with my son Harrison, and we were, I was taking him to some of the, the areas around, this, around Perth where they were pretty pivotal to my upbringing. And as we left our last destination, it was a really, it was a really good time, actually. We had some great conversations. And he just got a bit of a bigger picture of, of his dad's life. And we left our last destination. We talked 
about how blessed we are to be part of a church community like this. And I'll let him know that as his parents, we have a great responsibility for him, but we aren't the ultimate source and well, and only source and well of knowledge and wisdom and advice. Others, namely you, have a part to play in my son's upbringing, in my son being built up. And my encouragement to Harrison in that moment was, we've, we've got, we're, we're so blessed, it's amazing, but we can be in and around this community but never actually lean in and take advantage. So my encouragement to him was lean in. Lean in, connect with the leaders at youth or the people that you serve with. There's so many amazing people in this church community. And do you know what that did for me to be able to so proudly say that? To so, so excitingly, faithfully say to him, you can trust this church community. That's special. That's powerful. That's something that we can't take for granted. And myself, I've, I've benefited so much over the last 24, 25 years from so many people in this church, from them using their gifts to serve me, to love me, to encourage me, to tell me that, that there's hope, to tell me I can keep going, to tell me that forgiveness is available. We're so blessed. And we all have access to just an incredible array of gifts and wisdom and passion that's found in this body, in this church. And I see Sundays, I see Wednesday night gathers as incredible opportunities for God to use us all to build each other up, to knit us together, to unify us. You and I can truly be in a place of unity. We can, we can truly belong to each other as we recognise that what we have is from God and is for others. Thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more about our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, go to c3hh.com.au.